The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Hey, it's 05 coming up uh, just around 3.15. Uh, we're going to talk about work spouses and how they can uh, improve your life at work. There are some downsides to it, too, as well. So we'll get into that. Well, yeah, if you cross the line. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That ain't happening. That's just the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you see the uh, the woman arrested for uh, spray painting that wall in uh, Thailand? She, she was released on bail. Yeah. What says about six thousand dollars Canadian? The equivalent yeah. of yeah. Got ridiculously drunk and made a mistake. She says she's very very sorry. She uh, uh, she just is overwhelmed and, and wants to go home. Yeah, different day. Still doesn't change how I feel about that. It, it doesn't for me either. I watched the video, so now the security camera video is available for all to see of a group of them. Only two do the spray painting. They're the two that are charged, but there's four or five of them. Um, and again, maybe I'm, uh, you know, my heart is black and cold. I don't know. How drunk would you have to be? I've gotten pretty drunk. <laughs> And never spray painted anything, you, you know. Like, even when I was, you know, yeah, you do dumb stuff, I guess, when you're a kid. But she's not really a kid; she's in her twenties. So, twenty-two. Yeah. I feel for the mom because you think at this point, uh, you know, it's one of those things as a parent where you're like, well, where, when does my watch end as a parent? And apparently, it never. Well, ends. I don't think it ever ends. Right. It, I don't think it ever ends uh, as long at as, all. You know, somebody said, I think it was Mark Twain said, that you don't become a man till your father dies, right? And it and it I, it feels like even at 20-whatever, phone call to mom, help me fix this problem. And I know that if I got that call that I would try and help my children fix the problem. Um, he, but I, I would just be so disappointed in them that they that they would find themselves in this circumstance. Yeah, and you know what, at this point, yeah, you get the the Canadian consulates involved and all of that sort mm-hmm. of stuff and all that. I, I would just uh, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Um, you get the, the consulate involved, see what it can do to help, and I'm not sure how the media got involved, how, how the media found out mm-hmm. ab- about this. Um, but I don't think in any way you're, you're um, garnering any sympathy. Yeah, I don't think anyone. Well, I shouldn't. You say know that. what? If it was my kid, it'd be like, yeah, you know that that it, it really sucks. It really sucks. I'd probably do the same thing yeah. as what mom did. You'd go there to support, and you'd try to figure out how you're going to pay this and pay the fine and, and whatever. But um, I mean, and I I don't think that there is. But any sign of you know those GoFundMe mm. things or anything like that or whatever. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Am I I just being nasty? No, I don't know, because I feel sort of nasty, too, because typically I fight for the underdog. I love a situation, but maybe even today, in light of the two stories that we've talked about. So we've got a young man, 18 years old in Wetaskiwin, fighting for his life Mm -hmm. and uh, who needs the generosity of a stranger to save it. And then you've got a healthy 20-something-year-old able to go to Thailand on vacation, spray painting, uh, you know, graffiti on a wall. Um, yeah, I have sympathy for the first, of course, I want to help. The other one, I'm like, that was so self-inflicted, mm-hmm. what you just did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I saw the story on Global News, I was in the rec room with my family, and I turned to the kids, and I was like, 
If you ever find yourself in a situation where you've been arrested in Thailand, call me. Say nothing. Don't admit to anything. Yeah. Don't tell them your name. That's it. Yeah. And both kids just laughed. And, and because they're not going to find themselves in a situation in Thailand where they've spray painted a wall. You know what I mean? Well, you hope. Yeah, well, uh, I'm pretty <laughs> I'm confident. Gonna, well, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I'm absolutely. sure that her mom was pretty confident as well. I, I don't I think so. Mm-hmm. She made a statement, and I'm piling on the mom here, and I'm sorry. I'm gonna, she made a statement that this is something I would have expected of my son, but not my daughter. And that statement jumped off the page at me as a parent going, why would you expect it of your son? Well, because maybe the son was a little bit more of a badass, and she was the good girl. Right. But, I'm yeah. assuming you raised both children... Come on. For the most part, you raise them the same way? Come on. I think we both know that it doesn't matter if you nope, raise absolutely. raise kids the, the exact same way, same parents, all the rest, yep. and they turn out completely different. I've always said kids are like a bag of seeds. Like, yep. you, you know, you plant them sure and water get. them and nurture them, and you get two different plants. Like, yeah. I get that. Yeah. But it's just funny that that was the reaction. Yeah. That, well, I can see my son doing it. Why can you see your son yeah, doing that? Well, just don't talk to the media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just stop. Yeah. I, you know, last place you want to do, be is, you know, 10 years in Thai prison. Let, let's be real. Mm-hmm. I mean, did anyone not watch Bridget Jones' diary? Like, there's a whole... No, yeah, the first one, second one, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. You know, uh, listen, maybe this will help and make me feel or sound more sympathetic. Because I'm really... There's very little sympathy on my part here. I'm sorry, there just isn't. Take responsibility for your actions yeah. and move on. I'll tell you who's dumber than that kid mm. in Thailand spray-painting a wall. I'll tell you who's dumber. The next kid that does it. That's who's oh, dumber. yeah. Or the next one that does, uh, remember the, the guys that mooned the temple yep. and, yep. you know, and then posted all over Instagram. Yep. All of those. Know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Know where you're going. And, and, and countries have different rules. And they take, Think you about know, this, so they're, they're religious things, they're, they're sacred temples or whatever. Yeah. Very, very, they're sacred. Let's just say that you're a 20-year-old, 21-year-old, whatever. Yeah. Had planned a trip to Thailand yeah. tomorrow or, or next week. Yeah. What would be the first thing they'd probably do in planning? Google Thailand. Yeah. What would be the first story that pops up? That. Right. And wouldn't you go, geez, guys, we better be careful when we're in Thailand. Have you read this story about the whatever? I actually spoke with someone today who is leaving to go to Thailand this weekend, and it was, don't get arrested, right? Like, you, you <laughs> yeah. know, you right. know. And that person said, oh, yeah, that's not going to happen, but was smart enough. To, to know Google that, and, yeah, yeah, to do it. Right. All right, uh, it's 312 here. Oh, okay, Rob's on the phone. Hey, Rob. Hey, Rob. Hey, hey how are you guys? Good, what's Good. going on? I love your guys' show. Well, Thank thanks you. for listening. It, uh, Keeps me occupied while I'm driving around seeing clients. <laughs> keeps you <laughs> occupied. Is that good? Is that no, no, that's what awesome. we're here for. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, basically, you're not fully cognitively developed until you're 25. But the thing is, is when you're in your 20s, I don't like parents that coddle their kids in their 20s they should be able to take responsibility now if this person has done something fess up to it own up to it take your lumps move on Mm-hmm. right and in this case those lumps are pretty severe well could, they are could be time in a tie prison right but i you know this day and age with parents coddling and putting their kids in a bubble and trying to protect them all the time they're not learning anything Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's almost like they're um enabling them to, to think, oh, well, it's okay to do that, and don't worry, I'll get you out of this situation. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You're in your 20s. You did something wrong. I don't care how drunk you are. I'm like you, Andrew. I've gotten really drunk, and I still know what the difference is between Exactly. Right 
I know. <laughs> exactly. I've been out partying with my friends. I've been whatever, whatever. And the thought has never crossed my mind to vandalize something. And nope. I feel like sometimes liquor, I, I don't accept it as an excuse, but I feel like, you know, we talked earlier about how fame and fortune can allow you to be who you really are. Alcohol is quite similar. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, those thoughts are somewhere in your brain, yep. and alcohol just gets rid of the part of your brain that goes, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love the show, guys. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for listening, Rob. Take it easy. All right. Okay. All right. Some of your texts coming in this afternoon, and it looks like this. Uh, Curtis says, being in a different country or not being a decent human applies everywhere in the world. Agreed. Uh, just like that idiot that tried to steal a poster in North Korea. Mm-hmm. She, uh, drunk is never an excuse. I've had to learn that myself. That's from Brad and Grand Prairie. And may I just say this? Oh, the mom has set up a GoFundMe page. Yeah, eh, she has. She set up a GoFundMe page, as I understand it, to pay the girl's bills, mm-hmm. her normal bills, while she's out of the country and able to work and pay her bills. So it's not about raising the money for bail or a lawyer. It's about keeping her afloat back here. But you know what? When you're, you commit a crime of any kind in Canada... Or your child does. One of the first things, if it's their first crime, a lawyer will tell you, is, well, it's their first offense. So, you know, probably we'll be able to whatever, 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 whatever. That, therein lies part of the problem. That you think that, you know what, you'll always be forgiven for the first couple of mistakes. You know, if we had harsher penalties here for dumb stuff. Yeah. Right. I just want to go back to that North Korea one again. Yep. You know, there's, you know, yeah, allegedly stole stole the poster, still didn't end up, shouldn't have ended up dead mm-hmm. for what happened. Of course. I mean, you know, brutally, yeah. brutally beaten and, and, and ended up uh, dead. Mm-hmm. Um, North Korea, know where you are. Yeah. Be aware. You know, well, my kid travels to South Korea all the time. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But even still, that makes me nervous. I get that it's completely different, but it makes me nervous. It's hard to talk about things like this and be honest and not sound completely unsympathetic or heartless, right? But, you know, a story of uh, a tourist, and I think it was Mexico, who got beaten up mm. and who got robbed. And then you look at the story, and they were out at four in the morning, leaving a strip club in a really seedy part, part of, of the town. And you're just like, well... I'm sorry that you got beat yeah. up, and, and I hope you fully recover, but why did you put yourself in a position like that? We, the two of us have both been to New Orleans. Of course, We yeah. have both been to New Orleans. Um, a very safe city, but there's some very dangerous places in New well, Orleans. Well, it's actually got a very high crime, crime rate. Yeah, Let's be real. That's right. You have to know where you are. Absolutely. And you have... <laughs> At least one of us needs to be coherent enough to get back to the hotel. Do you have a work spouse? Well, like many, you're not alone. And some research suggests having a work spouse may benefit your professional and mental well-being. Uh, Dr. Uh, Samra, Johnny Samra, is a registered psychologist and founder of the BC-based company My Workplace Health, joins us on the phone now. Is it Jody? It's Jody. Jody. Oh, okay. Jody Samra. Jody Samra. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I apologize for that. That's a great name, Jody. Spelt with Thank a T. You. That's like, uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, uh, Phil, no, Phil is spelled with a P. All right, on. anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so listen, you're talking to a couple of work spouses right now, uh-huh. uh, and we have been for years. So what are some of the positive aspects that you, and this is not your study, right? You've examined other studies? Yeah, absolutely. So there's actually, there's a whole body of literature that's looking at 
our relationships in the workplace, much of the attention has been put on our uh, best friend at work. And now there's kind of increasing attention that's starting to look at work spouses in particular, which would be a subset of those friendships at work. And, and so there's lots that we know about our relationships. And one is we are fundamentally social creatures and our social relationships really matter. And when we're thinking about kind of high level bird's eye view, you know, most of us are spending more waking hours at work and with our work family than we are with our actual family and friends. And so those relationships really matter and they can be absolutely wonderful when those relationships are going really well and also a source <laughs> of stress. And, and in fact, you know, those close friendships, whether it's a platonic um, relationship with a same-sex um, person that would be more in the best friend category or someone of the opposite or same sex that you would be romantically attracted to. That's when we use that label of a work spouse. Um, and those relationships can be really important to our happiness and engagement in the workplace. Hmm. See, it's, it, you know, it's really interesting because, of course, Jalen and I, and I say, uh, seriously, we're work spouses. We refer to each other as yeah, that. Monday through Friday, we spend four hours a day yep. in a room. Yeah, we're constantly in touch. It's, we're friends yep. uh, as couples as well. Um, you know, my we're wife and uh, your husband, right? So we see each other outside. But... And I'm sure this is what you've concluded as well. But the biggest advantage is my wife is more than happy, as I'm sure is your husband, to hear how work went today. But there's some part of them not Mm. being part of the culture of work that you find yourself explaining and backstorying it. And and, And it can get annoying. It can get annoying, right? Whereas the person who does, in this case, the identical job in the identical company, you don't have to do any of that. We completely understand the culture. Absolutely. And that word is key, right? Understanding. And when we have that shared understanding, when we think about, you know, when things are going well, no problem. We can share good things with anybody and everybody under the sun, whether they have a context for it or not. But when things are stressful, when they're impacting our happiness, our engagement, when there's conflict-related issues, the normal stuff that comes up in most workplaces, there can be such an advantage to have somebody that's in that work environment that has the back. Right. And we don't need to kind of fill them in and and not only get the sense of kind of the situation we're dealing with, but also understand where we fit in from a role and responsibility and at work. Um, And there's a few beautiful things about that. One is increasingly, you know, the lines between work and home are getting blurred and, and technology is a huge part of that. And so for most of us, when we're leaving work most days, what we want to do is turn work off. And not come home and continue to tell the stories or vent or stew over what's happened at work, but instead just live our life, right, with our real spouse at home and, and by extension, kind of family and friends as well. And so there's something very nice about being able to compartmentalize the stressful piece of work while you're at work and then leaving it at work. <laughs> hmm. So, you know, if, if if the work spouse makes things less stressful because you can have someone who, who understands what you're going through, someone you can vent to, uh, can it can be a little bit more um, happier because if it's, if it's a good relationship, of course, it's going to be, uh, you know, better at the workplace. But so does that all lead to better work performance? Yeah, well, the, the data are very persuasive. So they tell us when we have those 
strong relationships, whether it's someone that falls in the work spouse category or just kind of a best friend at work, that that leads to a number of positive things. So we're more engaged, we're happier, we're actually more likely to stay at that place of employment. We're more likely Andrew. to spend what's called discretionary effort, like going that extra mile. We're much more likely to look forward to going into work, even when other things are stressful. And so, you know, all of us are going to be um, in situations or times when just the broad work environment may be a source of stress. But when we have that, you know, at least one or hopefully more than one people in the workplace that we're looking forward to seeing where we have just a real authentic human connection, it really serves a very positive buffer effect. Um, And the numbers will tell us we're more productive. Um, And there's research that will demonstrate that customer ratings of service that's received um, is higher. The bottom business line is enhanced and it all makes good sense when we're happy with the workplace that we're going into, we want to perform better and we're more committed to that work. You know, it's interesting because those are all real benefits of a good work relationship with a work spouse. I would imagine there's perceived benefits though too because you always defend your spouse. So if something goes wrong, you, or, or you know, your your inclination would be if somebody goes, "Hey, great show today," and you go, "Oh, Jay did all the heavy lifting," or because you always want, as a partnership, you always want to talk about the 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 upside of your partner. Yeah, absolutely. So we work more cohesively as teams. We're more likely to kind of boost up that other person. We see collective kind of shared wins, right? Similar to our personal lives. So when our you know, kind of whether it's our real spouse or our work spouse does well, achieves something, does something that we're proud of, we want to share and we want to celebrate. And when we look at organizational culture, which is really just kind of the feeling and vibe within a workplace, department, division, that all of those things are wonderful things because we're much more likely to work collectively together as a team in a much more effective manner. And all of us know what that feels like when we are at odds with the people that we're working with, right? When there's conflict or competing aims, when there's competitiveness, when there's jealousy or insecurity, that those kinds of issues can lead to a whole spiral of negative events and emotions within the work environment. So, Dr. Samro, I'm sorry, I was, one of the things I was thinking of here, too, though, on the negative side, you, you touched on, you know, all working together and being a team, all that sort of stuff. But I wonder sometimes, though, if having a work spouse and, you know, let's say in this case, you know, me and Andrew, like we are a team. This is this is this is us. If that can turn around and have a negative impact on the workplace because people see us maybe just as the team and not part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's a number of things that are kind of, you know, potential downsides. And one is exactly that. If we're in a work environment and anyone's feeling like two people are gelling or more cohesive than others, you know, anytime we're feeling excluded or not part of that, that can start to lead to um, problematic kind of issues and feelings. Um, and but, but the other kind of more significant one is, you know, by definition, when we're using the term work spouse, we're talking about someone that's of a gender mm-hmm. that we would be romantically attracted to. Um, and there's a few things to keep in mind there. And, and one is many relationships. We know that about 20% of relationships, um, people will meet who they're getting romantically involved with at the workplace. And there ends up being this potential kind of slippery slope. And as you both said, you know, your spouses both know each other, you all hang out, the four of you, and Mm -hmm. that's the best way that you actually want a work spouse relationship to look like because where the problems come into is just think about 
the work that the two of you do. You're working very closely. There's an intimate connection that comes along with that, right? You get to see each other through the good, bad, and ugly of True. stressful times True. and days. And Sometimes and under a lot of stress. Yeah. Yeah, but it builds an intimacy and a connection. And when there's trouble at home, the problem is that there's the potential for those relationships nope. to get into kind of... Brain. No, there is <laughs> not in this particular case. I don't no, even like you using no, the word intimacy. <laughs> not even comfortable with thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's where we really want to be careful, right? And, and the thing there is to just gauge how do you feel? Do you feel like, you know, if when people say, well, when do I know this is getting to be a problem? And, mm. you know, I really like the person I'm working with. We have a great relationship. Usually our gut or intuition will tell us when we start to get those feelings, right? Little <laughs> crushes or looking a little too forward to seeing our work spouse, looking forward to seeing them more than we want to see our own spouse, or more importantly, starting to disclose and share information that we wouldn't with our mm-hmm. own spouse. That's really kind of areas that we Yeah, I'm more likely to hug her husband, honestly, so <laughs> <laughs> we're good that way. Dr. Samra, we are out of time. It's been a joy talking to you. Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. Pleasure Thank to you. talk with the two of you. Take care. Bye. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.